Well, hello everyone. Welcome back once again to Gritty Serendipity. And you are listening to the Entrepreneur Series, a brand new series which showcases the incredible entrepreneur journey of some of the unheard voices. And I'm your host, Chetna Desai. Unlike my many series where I cover seldom heard voices and their stories, our guest today is Donna Sarkar. Her voice is well known, but I will be focusing on her personal and her entrepreneurial journey. Donna spends her days living her purpose as a principal advocate for Microsoft's Power Platform, a product specifically designed for tech upskilling. Previously, she led the global community of 17 million people as the chief ninja cat of the insider program at Microsoft. She spends her nights writing fiction and nonfiction books, running an ethically made fashion line called Primadonna Style, and coaching entrepreneurs in emerging markets. The list goes on. She was recently named one of the Fast Company's 100 Most Productive People in Business and Cosmopolitan Magazine's Business Person of the Year. So please welcome Donna Sarkar. Understanding culture holistically is complex and challenging at the same time. And here's Donna's take on it. Culture is super interesting because it every person's culture, I feel, is different, right? We can't just say like, U.S. culture, or like Mexican culture, or like Black culture, or whatever. It doesn't. Each person's culture is completely different. Um, two people may grow up on the same street in the same city, but they may have completely different culture just based on how they're raised and how they are. Um, and likewise, two people can grow up all the way across the world, but have the exact same culture. And I found that to be true so much. Um, and I think rather than judging or trying, expecting that you'll fully understand. It's so much better to listen and realize that people believe something to be true because it's how it's a system that's worked for them. So we, for me to say, like, here's a real example that I see all the time. Um, I'm not Christian uh, at all. I don't have religion. But when I go to Africa, when I spend a lot of time in Nigeria, people will open with, you know, God bless you. And um you know, I, I hope the Lord blesses you as he's blessed me. There's a lot of talk of blessing. And at first I was just surprised. I'm like, oh, we talk about God in the workplace. So interesting, right? If I applied my American American Donna lens, because many Americans are religion also, Donna lens, and, you know, said, hmm, it's inappropriate to wish someone that because you don't know if they believe in God. If I got on my soapbox they would be like, what is wrong with you? You come in, into my conversation in my country and bring your cultural ideals and try to push them onto me, right? This is not like a mission. So what what is your deal? Um, so instead, it's so important to understand that what they're embodying is the cultural norm that they have grown up with. And I, I have really grown as a person with business trouble because I have met so many people in the world who... I fundamentally disagree with their belief system, but it doesn't matter because they're not trying to make me live in their belief system. They're just sharing their belief system with me. Like if if they have some rules like, okay, to be on this team, you have to be Catholic. I'm like, ah, I can't be on your team. <laughs> right? But it, it's just, 
I, I'm fascinated by culture because it also changes. Where as you are with a certain group of people or as you, you know, graduate through life, you're gonna pick up different cultural significances that are different than how you grew up. So, you know, it's it's really one of those things. I've grown so much more patient over the last four years with these things. Cause I'm like, oh, fascinating. So I'm I'm more fascinated than offended. Okay. And I really do encourage people to be less offended by things. Um, you can be offended by anything, but decide, is it worth this relationship? Is it worth having an argument about right now? Or do you really just want to learn more about this other person and really figure out like, why do they think like this and how can we work together? With that impressive run at Microsoft, I wanted to find out how does she evaluates how long to stay in a team or a company and what is the criteria that she bases her decision on? The company, it's hard to know because as long as the challenges keep showing up, I will keep doing it because the Microsoft I'm in right now is a completely different company than the one I joined 15 years ago. Um, we have fo focus on things that I never could have imagined Microsoft focusing on. Like the fact that we are intensely focused on being carbon negative, like that is a business goal. Uh, there's, you know, Azure Global is like intensely focused on making carbon free data centers. And that's someone's job. I'm like, that is so cool. I, I am not working on that, but someone is. And I can't imagine Microsoft 15 years ago working on this. That is insane, right? Yeah. Um, I worked on holograms. I can't imagine I worked with brain surgeons, you know, like as my peers, like legit brain surgeons who are like, the brain works like this and the eyeball sees things this way. I'm like, oh, you are actually a brain surgeon. They're like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so, you know, the company keeps evolving and changing and growing into this incredible global force for good in the world. And as long as the company is a force for good in the world, I will, I'm in, like, I will stay here until they're like, you need to leave out that door. So I'll be one of those, like, you have to shovel me out the door when I'm like 140 or something. Um, I am that girl who I, I also think I'm going to live to be 140. So it's like one of those things. So maybe a hundred more years. We'll see. <laughs> um, in terms of team, it really is when I'm no longer learning. Um, yeah, when I'm no longer learning, it's time to move on or when I'm no longer really having fun. Mm -hmm. And for me, those two usually go together. Um, when, when I'm not learning, I am bored and I am a terrible person because I get impatient because we've had the same meeting a hundred times. I get just, I'm no longer engaged in anything because I'm just on autopilot. Um, so I'm not having fun and people around me aren't having fun. And this to me is a sign that there should someone else be filling my shoes, someone who will love the job, someone who will do a better job, someone who the team deserves. So that's when it's usually the, my signal to move on. I haven't actually made that choice for a while. Um, I usually someone will offer me an interesting opportunity and I'll say, that sounds amazing. Let me go do that. So for the last six years, I would say it's been, I really loved my job, the job I was in and someone offered me something and I was torn and I'm just the intrigue of the new opportunity was like, that is very challenging. I have no idea how to do it. That means I should do it. When someone offers me like that, it's like, that sounds interesting. I am scared. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's the sign to take it. The sign to not take it is, yeah, I guess I could do that job. I think I already know how to do it. 
I think it'll be a good career growth thing. Don't take that job. Don't take mm-hmm. it because you're going to be disenchanted from day one. So you should take a job when you're excited, terrified, um, because you're going to do the work to learn how to do it. And you're going to learn all of the different new ways you should be doing it. And you'll grow yourself and stretch yourself. So that's kind of like my signals. Um, I've been offered a few options where I'm like, yeah, I could easily do that. It would be pretty good for career growth. I know. Don't do it, Don. Don't do it. It's bad for you. It's bad, bad, bad. So, yeah. For a successful career, we commonly hear this advice to get visible and drive high visibility projects to get to the next level. But, you know, people do it wrong. They're like, being visible means showing off my work to other people. I'm like, no, that's the opposite of being visible. That's being annoying. Um, Being visible is adding value to other people's lives. That is what your brand should be. So what I do is... um, Like, for example, uh, I deeply believe that we should focus on technology in emerging markets. So um, I spend a lot of time, a lot, lot of time uh, teaching Power Platform, which is my product, in uh, places in the world that our sales team don't really focus because we haven't historically focused there. So I spend a lot of time in Africa, not physically, um, just doing virtual events. In, I used to do physical events until thanks COVID. Um, but I spend a lot of time focusing on Latin America and Africa now in the Caribbean and parts of Asia that are not BRICS. So not Brazil, India, China, um, Russia and South Africa. So not, not these countries, but everything else. So I spend a lot of time building relationships and getting customer feedback, having people try our products, bring feedback to the product teams. So when an opportunity opens up with a really good global scope, the hiring manager reaches out to me. They'll say, I know you're really passionate about bringing, getting product feedback from different parts of the world. We'd love to hire you for this job. So that has happened to me. Uh, likewise, um, you know, I was, I'm just a fan of people and a fan of things. Um, and when I'm deep, when I'm a fan of people and fan of things, they know it. And if a job opportunity opens up in their world, they think I'd be good for it. They'll reach out, but it's not shoveling my work under their face because my work is probably not related to what they're doing. It's more about making sure that I'm using my skill set to further their cause and what they care about. Lastly, her beautiful example of how to build relationships across company, in other words, mastering the art of networking. The key to really having a deep relationship with somebody in a way where it is meaningful for both of you is to really understand their currency. Mm. So in general, many people's currency is their work. So, for example, if someone is deeply focused on, let's talk about environmental issues mm-hmm. as an example. Someone is working on, like, the environmental team. They're, um, you know, working on getting carbon negative, green data centers, green stuff. I don't know. Um, what I would do is, rather than asking them for a favor, I would go read up on stuff and say, okay, how can I... Um, you know, work with what I would, this would be a real case study. If I was trying to have like maybe our chief environmental officer, like Lucas Joppa, right, be my friend and be an advocate for my work. What I would do is take what I know, which is Power Platform, and say, okay, how can I work with an environmental group? 
find a good environmental group, find local challenges they have, work with them to create solutions using Power Platform to solve environmental issues, whether it's like recycling in a community, whether it's um, tracking water shortage in South Africa, you know, like a bunch of stuff. So I would maybe organize a hackathon, I would do something like that. Then I would reach out to Lucas and say, hey, um, I know you're deeply passionate about environmental things and I just want to share, uh, I worked with this group of people and we did a hackathon for environmental stuff and here were some of the results that came out of it. These might be good stories for you. So I'm not saying like, hi Lucas, look at me, I'm good at Power Platform. I'm saying, hi Lucas, I see you. I know you care about environmental stuff and here are a bunch, your currency is good stories to share. Here are a bunch of good stories you can share based on this nonprofit organization who's done a bunch of technical cool stuff. So look at the overlap of their interest and your skill set mm -hmm. and really make something or create something or do something that falls in there. I hope Donna's insights broadened your horizon and exposed you to unlocking the whole new level of learnings. And that is it for part two of today's episode. And to continue listening for future episodes, stay tuned. Got feedback? Message me on the Facebook page at the rate Gritty Serendipity. And do not forget to subscribe to my podcast on your favorite iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so you will never miss a new episode again. <laughs>